station. An up and down start to the season. Hit in the air, right and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here, go! For Garrett Mitchell. With the playoffs firmly in sight. second home run of the game. This is the State of the Brewers on 94.5 ESPN. Broadcasting live from Summerfest and the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone. Here's Alex Strofe and Tom Catronio. Live from Summerfest, it is the special edition of State of the Brewers. I'm Alex Strofe, as mentioned, alongside the Brewers genius around here. Tom Catronio with me. Live at the Gruber Law Office Sports Zone at Summerfest. The gates are officially open. People starting to make their way in. It is a beautiful day. Um, beautiful day for baseball in Pittsburgh as well. Indeed. Indeed. The sun came up after yesterday's tough one, Alex. Yeah, that was, uh, that was brutal. We'll get into that in a second. The last two games, in fact, I want to get into because of the, the, ninth, the ninth inning happenings. But 82 games down, 80 to go. We are just past the halfway point of the MLB season, Dom. And this team is still in contention, right? It's, it's been an up and down last, I don't know, month and a half or so, two months. And this team is still finding a way to compete with the Red Hot Reds, uh, only a game back now in the NL Central. I think the beauty of things right now for the Brewers, and I've said this on my show over on WTMJ on Brewers Extra Innings, is the fact that so much has gone wrong for the Brewers. Rowdy Teles hasn't hit a home run in over a month. Mm-hmm. Willie Adamas' batting average starts with a one. Uh, the Brandon Woodruff has not started since April. Uh, Wade Miley was down for a month. Eric Lauer has been optioned to AAA. The list goes on. Garrett Mitchell out for the year. The stuff that they've had to overcome, and yet everything's gone wrong, (laughs) and they're one game back of a team that, let's be honest, they're hot, but it's a 12-game winning streak. They're due to regress to the mean at some point. And as everybody knows, you live and die with your pitching, the Reds have no pitching. However, they do have some offense, and we can get into that a little bit later on in the program. We get into some NL Central thoughts, but I still firmly believe the NL Central runs through Milwaukee, meaning the Brewers hold the keys. And we're going to talk to the guy that holds the keys, Matt Arnold, in a little bit about do you sell, do you buy, do you stay pats? These are the decisions. We're exactly one month away from the trade deadline. And we're going to see moves start happening. The Rangers made a move yesterday acquiring a role as Chapman from the Royals. Mm-hmm. So the stove is turned on. It's not hot yet, <laughs> it's but the on. stove is on. It's, it's, it's simmering. It's certainly simmering a month away from the deadline. But you're right, Dom, right? I mean, you, you look at what occurred last year with, with the Josh Hader trade around the deadline, and that took a lot of psyche and, and energy out of the clubhouse. And that was a team that was in first place when that trade was made, and it led to not a playoff berth. But essentially, the end of your season, which uh, which you hope obviously does not occur again here in 2023. So excited to hear from Matt Arnold as uh, as we approach that deadline. We approach the All Star break, and we're just past the midway point in the season. The Brewers, a game back of the Cincinnati Reds, uh, after a loss last night in Pittsburgh, eight to seven, and for the second straight day, it comes down to the ninth inning. The Pirates put up three runs in the ninth to win eight to seven. Matt Bush takes the loss, and now Matt Bush loses his job, Dom. Yeah, there were some moves this morning. I think a lot of folks saw it coming. Matt Bush gave up 11 home runs and just over 30 innings with the Brewers. It didn't work out. And, you know, he was somebody that a lot of folks had targeted last 
trade deadline as being a reliever that would be uh, acquirable. And it's got gray rot stuff, throws 96, has a hammer of a 76-mile-an-hour curveball. But uh, it just goes to show you if it's dead straight, some of these guys are going to hit it. And I, I think that there are a lot of folks that kind of misrepresented Matt Bush in a way, given his past. I understand that the past is always with you, and he made some poor life choices but he's a guy that I've known back in my days in the Rangers organization. He's a guy that I openly root for as a human being. But obviously, at the end of the day, this business is about winning games. And he was not helping the Brewers win games. So today, the Brewers announced that he has been designated for assignment, DFA'd, cut, uh, along with Thomas Pannone, which is a tough break for him because mm-hmm. Pannone was called up specifically for the role he pitched in yesterday, his first time pitching in the big leagues since 2019. Now, there's a chance that Pannone remains in the organization if he clears waivers, but hang with him, man. You throw it two and two-thirds of solid relief, pack your bags, we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, but Matt Bush is gone. Uh, Thomas Pannone is gone. They have recalled J.B. Bukowskis, who you may recall they were traded for from the Diamondbacks. They claimed them off waivers this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Clayton Andrews, who's a lefty, who's been in the organization, we'll talk to Matt about him. He was a two-way player originally, now being locked in as a left-handed reliever. Clayton Andrews is a great story, finally making it to the big leagues at 26 years old. If he makes it into a game this weekend, it will be his big league debut. So yesterday, it stunk. I mean, Matt Bush had to have the ninth inning because of the state of the bullpen. They had used Devin Williams in four of the last five games. They had used Yoel Piams in four of the last five. They had used Elvis Piguero in five of the last six. So they were very thin on their leverage relievers. Matt Bush hadn't pitched in four days. And as Craig Council put it, he's on the roster. He needs to pitch, and he needs to be able to hold a three-run lead, and uh, he couldn't. So, or a two-run lead, I should say. And he could not get the job done. A walk-off homer from Carlos Santana, and uh, the rest is history. Santana's been playing good ball, too. He's been on fire since the Brewers last saw them two weeks ago. He yeah. kinda, Brewers kind of woke him up. Uh, how about two nights ago? Obviously, the series with the Mets comes to an end, a four-game series out in New York. And that one got a little dicey towards the end, too, Dom, right? But Devin Williams able to keep it alive. Bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth, and he's able to get out of it. And the Brewers escape with a 3-2 to two win in game four against the Mets. So two games in a row now. We've gone right down to the wire with some sketchy situations in the bottom of the ninth. You know, it, it took 26 pitches for Devin Williams, but he got the job done, right? If it took Matt Bush 40 pitches in the ninth inning, you wouldn't have mattered. He got the job done. That's all you care about, winning, winning, winning. And for Devin Williams to do it in the way that he did, having to pitch in all three wins, facing the meat of the order multiple times, he struggled. He looked like a guy that was pitching on his third time in the last four days. He looked like a guy seeing a team for a third time that knew to lay off the changeup until Starling Marte swung and missed at three consecutive pitches. I I love this note about that particular about to close out the game on Thursday. Starling Marte, who's been in the big leagues for a very long time, he's a very good hitter, had not seen Devin Williams since his major league debut in 2019. He had not seen the airbender since Devin's very first game of the big leagues in 2019. Four years later, here he is, just a base hit would tie the game. Swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss. Three consecutive changeups. He's like, that's not the rookie I saw in 2019. <laughs> what the heck just happened? So uh, it, it's amazing to have a weapon like Devin Williams at the back end of the bullpen. But it's a stark reminder that, yes, the Brewers love having him in the bullpen. But 
when the offense is putting up runs and they can have a day where they don't need to rely on their right. leverage bullpen, that's going to go a long way. It will. And, and look, this is a team that when they score four runs, typically they win. They've won over 30 games when they score over four runs this year. And that's that's something you need. But we we saw that last night, obviously, with seven runs, and they lose eight to seven to the Pirates. But three to two win over the Mets a couple nights ago. Dom Catronio, Alex Struff with you. It is State of the Brewers here on 94.5 ESPN. Your way into the show. You got a question for Dom? What about a question for Matt Arnold? Feel free to text or call him in. 800-990-3776. 800-990-ESPN. Your way in to State of the Brewers. With you until 2 o'clock this afternoon. We'll look around the NL Central. Uh, no Brewers going to be an all-star this year, I don't think. Well, um, everybody has to be an all-star, though. So, so who would it be? Devin Williams. Yeah. You could have Christian Yelich be a reserve. There's plenty still to be excited about for the Midsummer Classic because uh, I think, personally, some folks get frustrated about that rule that every team has to be represented in the all-star like it. game. I love it because remember those brutal years for the Fair. Brewers when you weren't sending a Brewer and you just want to be proud of one guy on your team and have something to look forward to? For the, for the All-Star game, I love it. And here are the Brewers, a team that could be in first place at the All-Star yeah. break. I don't care how bad the Central is. And you would have said, like, oh, I, just because they're getting in. No, there's definitely <laughs> All-Stars on this team. Devin Williams and Christian Illich are playing to that level. And, look, it's hard to be an All-Star when you're a leveraged seventh-inning reliever, but Yoel Piams and Elvis Piguero <laughs> have pitched like All-Stars. He's just always going to go to the closer before those guys. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, Yelich has had quite the uh, the revitalization this season. It's been fun to watch, man. I, yeah. Just having conversations with him in the clubhouse about his state, about how the body's feeling. His defense has been the number one thing that I love. Uh, he's taken it to heart talking to Quinton Berry, outfield coach, first base coach for the Brewers, about Christian Yelich arriving in spring training this year. And he was saying, hey, Yelich to Quinton. I want to get better at my defense this year. I want to take it seriously. And Q was like, okay, everybody says that in spring training, but he's going to be about it. And Q said he was so proud of the way every single day Yelly was ready to work on something. And we see it in the numbers this year. A lot of folks laughed last year when he was a finalist for left field gold glove. And he kind of joked about that too. When I was talking to him about it, he was like, yeah, I I don't know about that. But the point is I knew I had work to do. And he's put in the work. We've seen the fruits of that labor. We can track everything known to man these days with StatCast. His arm strength is up. His routes are better. His jumps are better. And outs above average, defensive uh, defensive runs saved. He's been one of the better guys in baseball, better left. I won't say he's one of the best, but he's been above average defensive left fielder. Oh, and on top of that, he's got a 795 OPS to lead the team out of your leadoff spot. He's got 18 stolen bases. He hasn't had more than 20 since the epic 2019 season when he had 30 that year. So he's well on his way to that. He's got the potential for a 40 stolen base, 20 homer season. He's got work to do. He's got nine homers and 18 stolen bases. But there is potential for that. And I think there is every single person in Milwaukee, if you said, hey, Yelly's going to have a 40 stolen base, 20 homer season out of the leadoff spot, would you take that? And everyone would be like, sign me up right right." now yeah absolutely and it's been fun to see how he's been re-energized and really playing at that all-star level once again he's Dom Catronio I'm Alex Strofe this is State of the Brewers the president of baseball operations of the Milwaukee Brewers Matt Arnold joins us next right here on 94.5 ESPN we are live from Summerfest it is the State of the Brewers more baseball talk coming up on 94.5 ESPN she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. 
When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to the State of the Brewers on 94.5 ESPN. Now back to Dom and Alex live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone. You said with certainty, I may be the dumbest person that you've ever seen. State of the Brewers rolls on live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone here at Summerfest. I'm Alex Grove alongside the man, Dom Catronio. Excited to welcome in now the Brewers president of baseball operations. Matt Arnold joins us now here on State of the Brewers. And Matt, uh, I, hate to, I hate to start with a, you know, maybe not the most fun part of your job, but uh, with, with what happened last night and the loss to the Pirates. Matt Bush, DFA'd this morning. Sucks it ended the way it ended with him. Obviously a guy uh, you've wanted to acquire for a long time, but uh, the move made this morning, what can you give us on that? Yeah, no doubt. Everybody's still hurting from from something like that. And, and, you know, you want to have these guys have as much success as you can possibly hope for. Uh, Everyone's pulling for the guys when you when you acquire them. And uh, look, unfortunately, this one didn't work out. But, you know, we're going to continue to grind through it. Last night hurt all of us. I think I talked to Craig a lot last night. Um, you know, myself, everybody here, you know, we're we're uh, we're right there with with everybody else. And when we lose games like that, it's really tough. But at the same time, you know, our, our, our whole fan base is so supportive. You know, we are doing everything we can to put the best team on the field, and, and we made some moves uh, today that hopefully represent that. I want to talk about Clayton Andrews as well here. I mean, what a story for him. He's somebody, two-way player, left-hander now. He's going to be making his big league debut when he gets into a game. For the folks who don't know Matt, can you tell us a little bit of the story of him coming out of California back in 2018 uh, and how he's now, 26 years old, finally in the show for the first time? Yeah, Clayton, Clayton is such a cool story. I mean, when, when if, you, if you met this guy, you would never guess he's an incredible athlete. You know, he's He's probably, you know, five foot six. Um, but I'll tell you what, he's he's an incredible person and, and an incredible competitor and really good athlete. He was actually a hitter in college, too, and a, and a pretty darn good one. Uh, and he's got a great left-handed arm as well. And, and look, he's making his major league debut here with us, and, and we're certainly proud uh, proud of him and, and everything that he's been able to accomplish. But talking about a, a positive thing now, Matt, too, we're with Matt Arnold right now here on State of the Brewers. Matt, the offense yesterday getting seven runs and doing it in a variety of ways. Didn't necessarily need the home run ball yesterday. Owen Miller going three for five. The offense found a versatile way to to win or have a chance to win, I should say. But at the end of the day, you can win games without the home run ball, which is certainly a good sign moving forward. There are a few guys that are heating up without the homer and that you know when Rowdy arrives and when Willie arrives with some more home runs, things have got to be looking up for this offense. Yeah, Dom, I think you're exactly right, Dom. I think that's something that, you know, we always try to keep in mind. Of course, we're, we're looking to put up runs, you know, but we've typically been a, a pitching and defense type of team, and we saw a, a lot of defense there in the series of the Mets when we took three out of four from them. Um, you know, obviously some timely home runs there. Guys like Joey Weimer hit a huge homer there in that series, and, you know, these guys like, like Willie, uh, Rowdy, these guys have long track records of, of hitting in the big leagues, and we believe in these guys certainly in the second half. Matt, obviously you've been with the team since 2015, but but we're doing a state of the Brewers show, right? Because we're right in the, the smack dab middle of the season. We're through 82 games, 82 games into your new role as the president of baseball operations. How would you self-evaluate about at, at the halfway point? How, how has this season maybe been different from other seasons for you in this new role? 
Yeah, look, it, it's it, it's not about me, honestly. It's about our team and, and everything that we're, you know, our, our staff and our, our franchise is about. And I, I think we've been competitive. You know, I think that's something that we strive to be. And, and we don't want to just be competitive. We want to we want to win a World Series here. And so in order to do that, you have to be competitive and you have to be resilient. And when we have, you know, ups and downs, uh, when, we, when we win games like we did in New York, you know, those are great. And also, you know, when we struggled last night, we're going to have to bounce back from that as well. And I, I'm proud of our guys. I'm proud of our group. Uh, I'm certainly proud to lead this franchise. What kind of a, an update can we get from you, Matt, on some of the guys, specifically the arms like Brandon Woodruff uh, and Aaron Ashby specifically as they work their way back to health and trying to help the Brewers win some games in the second half? Yeah, we're we're definitely um, hopeful that those guys will be back um, this season. I, obviously, I think Woody has uh, has progressed really well. He's already throwing bullpens. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to be dictated uh, based on how he feels. Uh, but right now, he's doing really, really well uh, throwing bullpens and and you know just getting touch and feel for spinning the baseball, et cetera. And then once once he starts feeling good enough to get built up, he'll go on a on a rehab assignment. Uh, and then for Ash, look, he, he feels great uh, as well. And, and that's another exciting one where we were, we were uh, worried, you know, in a lot of ways that he might miss the season. And, in fact, it looks like there's a chance he's back here later for us. And, again, you know, a lot of things can happen. There's always, uh, you know, some kind of setback potentially. But Ashby feels great. Uh, I believe he's thrown out to about 180 feet uh, and doing well and, and feels really good. So he's a guy that, that could also be factored in here uh, later in the season as well. Brewers president of baseball operations, Matt Arnold, with us here on State of the Brewers. Alex Strofe, Dom Catronio with you. I think a big storyline of the first half of the season, Matt, was some of these young guys and the way they stepped up, especially early in the season, right? You look at guys like Joey Weimer and Owen Miller and Garrett Mitchell, who obviously has the injury now, and Bryce Terang, who's back up with the team. What do you make of some of these young guys and the early impressions they've made on your, on your ball team? Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I think they've been a lot of fun, you know, and, and, and obviously anytime you bring guys up to the big leagues, it's it's rare that, that they just hit the ground running, you know, and so we've, we've seen some ebbs and flows with these guys, uh, but certainly the energy that they bring. We've seen guys like Joey Weimer make incredible plays and Bryce Terang doing the same thing with, with a couple of uh, big hits uh, since he's been back. And, and, you know, all these guys, I think even somebody like Blake Perkins has stepped up and done a, a really nice job for us. And, and a lot of these guys are young, and they're, they're learning at the major league level, but they're also contributing. And so that's been great, and, and I love what they do for our culture. Looking down in AAA right now, too, Sal Freelick is obviously not on the 40-man roster. You've got him certainly as somebody that people are excited about. You've got Jackson Churio in AA, the wonderkin that everyone can't stop talking about as a 19-year-old in tearing up double-A. Tyler Black has been incredible to watch down there in Biloxi as well. And a lot of folks are going to always talk about bringing up Keston Hira and what he's been doing in Nashville as well. What do you make of the state of your farm system right now and the fact that you do have options to choose from if the, the time comes that you would have offensive bats ready to go in the big leagues? Yeah, Dom, that's a really good point. I think we, you know, our, our staff has worked so hard and a huge credit to our coaches and our, and our scouts that have put in all the work to, to acquire a lot of the names that you've, you've just mentioned there. And, and we're excited about this group. You know, these, these guys are, are showing us signs of, of being really good brewers here for a really long time. And we're certainly excited about them. And, and all these guys, like you mentioned, Freelick and, 
Curio doing what he's doing at his age in uh, in Double A is is so impressive. Tyler Black, you know, one of the best at bats you'll you'll ever see, um, just with with what he can do, and and also an incredibly good runner. He's stealing a ton of bases down there, which is which is going uh, largely unnoticed as well. So you know, a guy with a lot of power that also has a lot of speed. Those are the kind of guys that will play well uh, in the big leagues here for a long time. So we're certainly excited about this group for sure. And this is the life of, you know, a president of baseball operations, of a general manager of you have to be, you know, so excited about the future. But at the same time, we're a month away from the trade deadline, Matt. And I know things get interesting in the next 30 days or so. And the farm, there's other GMs that also feel as excited about your players as they are. And you may feel excited about their players. Take us into the room and the phone calls and the text messages of, What's going to happen over the next month of the bartering and the negotiations and the understanding that, hey, if this guy's going to help us win games, then maybe a target for us. Yeah, we're certainly already on the phone, Dom, quite a bit. You know, we've, we've made a lot of phone calls here, and, and you know, we, we want to try to do what we can to help this team. Also, you know, I, I think like you mentioned, a lot of the guys might actually come from in, you know, in-house. I think there's, there's an opportunity here to give these guys an opportunity to help us, and you know, whether it's, it's some of the names that you just mentioned uh, as hitters or, or guys coming back, like you mentioned earlier, with Brandon Woodruff and, and Aaron Ashby. And so, you know, we, we do feel like we have players coming back, Tyrone Taylor, Justin Wilson rehabbing, and, and uh, a left-handed arm that's been uh, in the big leagues for a long time uh, on his way back as well and threw the ball really well the other day. So there, there are a lot of these options that are internal. Uh, but certainly, you know, we're going to canvas the market. We're already aggressively talking to a lot of other teams uh, just to see what we can do and, and make sure that we're in play anytime there's there's an opportunity and, and we, we want to be factored in for sure. Matt, when do you sleep this time of year? Are you getting any sleep, my man? Because this is obviously kind of the, the most one of the most hectic points of the season. No, sir. Sleep's overrated. So I, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't I don't believe in it. So um, no, we're 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 grinding right now. We got the draft coming up too, so that's keeping us busy. Um, so just balancing everything, but it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I don't sleep very much, but I, but I love what I do, and I know our staff does as well. I just wanted to get one quick one on Christian Yelich in here with you, Matt, because it kind of feels like we forget to talk about Yelly as well as he's played sometimes. Some folks like to focus on the negative sometimes. Christian Yelich has given you a chance to win every time he steps into the box. He's having a great season. He looks healthy. He's playing healthy. He's playing great defense. He's stealing bases. He's hitting for power. Yelich is a guy at the top of your order. I remember last year, Matt, that when Craig Council put him at the top of the order, about this time last year, like late June, and everyone's like, why, why are you putting Yelly lead off? And he took off from there. And here he is really taking off back to the guy that you knew that you guys were acquiring uh, at the time that you acquired him ahead of the 2018 season. What can you say about Yelich's season? Yeah, Dom, I think you nailed it. I mean, I, I think he, honestly, I think he deserves to be an all-star this year. He's played really, really well, and, and just an enormous credit to him and everything that he's overcome physically with his knee and his back and, and just to come round, you know, round back into form, um, obviously being one of the best players in the world there for a while. I mean, just to, just to bounce back the way he has, it's it's just such a huge credit to him and what he's about and, and it's not just what he's doing, you know, on the field, honestly. He's such a mentor for our young guys. Like we talked about earlier, all the young guys that we have on our team look up to him. And he's just a great role model for all those guys. So, for yeah, for that reason, I, I really do believe he should be an all-star this year. 
He's been awesome to watch. And real quick, since we're at Summerfest here, Matt, over the years, I, I doubt you have had time to make it over to any shows over here, but do you have a, a favorite Summerfest memory in your time working for the Brewers? Man, you know, I, I got to see Tom Petty's, uh, one of his last shows, actually, a couple years ago, which was really cool, um, and uh, and Chris Stapleton opened for him, and so Chris is one of my favorites as well. So seeing Tom Petty there uh, was amazing uh, before he passed away, so that's probably one of my favorite memories. I, I love Summerfest, and I hope you guys get in there and, and have a blast. It's been fun so far over here, my friend. We, yeah. We're missing you down here. It's uh, There's no tarp on the field here, but I think it just came <laughs> off in Pittsburgh. Nice. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Matt Arnold, the Brewers president of baseball operations. Brewers Pirates 305 in Pittsburgh this afternoon. Matt, I know you're so busy. We really appreciate you taking the time and chatting some crew with us. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. That's Matt Arnold here on State of the Brewers. Alex Strofe, Dom Catronia with you here on ESPN Milwaukee. Lots to react to there. I mean, a lot of good stuff there from Matt Arnold, so we'll react to all of it. Coming up next as we roll on live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. It is a special edition State of the Brewers. Back with more on the Brewers coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Council. You're listening to the State of the Brewers on 94.5 ESPN. Here's Dom and Alex. Brewers rolls on live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. Alex Drove, Dom Catronio with you. Max Meyerson holding it down for us back at the Gruber Law Office's one call. That's all studios at the 3rd Street Market Hall, downtown Milwaukee. We just had a really fun conversation with Brewers President of Baseball Operations, Matt Arnold. Uh, pretty much about any, anything you could think of. Summerfest, news and notes from uh, around the team. Christian Yelitz and, and his re-energization here in 2023 and all the in-betweens. If you missed any of that, find it on Wisconsin Sound Demand or wherever you get your podcast. Dom, I'll, I'll start with you. What's, uh, what's some of the reaction you had to our conversation with Matt Arnold? You know, uh, he's not going to give away the trade secrets, obviously, but I, I thought I tried to lead him down the road, and he went down the road of asking, hey, you've got some guys in your organization that you can look forward to. And I, I recall last season, folks were looking for bullpen arms, looking for bullpen help, and they were not healthy in the bullpen there either. But yet, they got internal uh, you know, promotions with a Garrett Mitchell promotion mm-hmm. really worked out. I, I think he kind of revealed that you know they're going to look around, but at the same time, they know Keston Hira and Sal Freelich can help this team win. And I think the biggest thing that I can preach to players and to fans and to anyone who's hanging around this club right now, yeah, you want to win in July, but the final two and a half months, two, two months or so, were really matters, and you want to make sure you maintain that energy. Remember the spark that Garrett Mitchell brought in September last year? Mm-hmm. Imagine the spark of a Sal Freelick or Keston Hira, or furthermore, a spark of an acquired bat that may cost one of those guys. This is the balance of being a GM, right? Where... You can say all the nice, glowing things about players in your organization, but at the end of the day, if so-and-so calls and I'm offering this great hitter and I want those two guys and you know that that great hitter is going to help you play and help you win games, that's on the GM to make the decision. And so I, I think that the Brewers are in a very, very good spot that they have assets to trade if they want, 
Mm-hmm. But if they don't trade them, they feel confident that they can help in the big league level. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, it's a great takeaway. And listening to him, you know, use the terms very active, right? And it's not like he's just sitting around waiting for the phone calls. Very active. Then he alludes to the fact he doesn't really sleep that much. So clearly, this guy's working 20 hours a day, right? It, it, and this is busy season, it, too. It is busy season. And he mentioned the draft coming up, obviously, as well, with the All-Star break coming up and obviously the deadline one month from today. And that goes back to our conversation we had at the top of the show, Dom. Will this team be buyers or sellers at the deadline? Just one game back of the Cincinnati Reds in the NL Central as it stands right now uh, at 12.35 p.m. Central time on July 1st. What will they be? We don't know, right? Because last year you thought they could probably be positioned to be buyers, and you could make the argument they were sellers at the deadline last year. And I thought it was an important update, a guy that we, we really haven't talked a lot about. and He's going to pitch big league innings this year in Justin Wilson. Who, who was acquired right before spring training started. He's been recovering from Tommy John surgery from just uh, over a year ago now. So he'll be pitching in the big leagues at some point this year. But the catch is, with the Brewers being buyers or sellers, they can't do what they did last year and be both, right? They sold Josh Hader and then continued to be buyers, and it didn't work out. They, uh, In my opinion, if Brandon Woodruff is healthy, and that's the key cog in all of this, if Brandon Woodruff is healthy and good to go in the second half, at some point, they're hoping by the end of July, you're buyers. You've got to be buyers. You have an opportunity. Because if you sit idle and let Cincinnati become buyers and they suddenly take control of the Central, because I was talking about this with another reporter the other day. Everyone says, oh, pitching wins championships, pitching wins championships. But you know what happens when you say pitching wins championships and you're facing a team like the Reds and they punch you in the mouth four to nothing and you don't have an offense that can come back from that, what happened to your pitching? And then furthermore, if I'm the Reds and I'm down four to like the Reds, you know, if the Brewers score four runs early on them, we're the Reds. We can score runs. <laughs> the Brewers need to score runs, and that's why I think they need to be buyers. Yeah, and I'm with you, right? I mean, you, you want to see that team go all in. Now, it was interesting, obviously, that this past offseason – not a lot of money spent outside by the Brewers, but they understood, to your point, some of the pieces they had coming up internally, and it worked out very very well early on in the season in April and into the, the big May the crew had. June was a dicey month, though, and obviously it was a very, very good month for a team in Cincinnati uh, who went on, as you mentioned, a 12-game winning streak. They bring up Ellie, this, this great prospect who's lighting the world on fire in Cincinnati. Everything's going right the Reds way right now. The Brewers are still hanging in there, just a game back as we continue to mention. But that's a team that if they want to really be appealing and the NL Central isn't that good, Dom. We, we can oh, yeah. all agree on that. They really want to be in it come September and into October. They've got to be buyers at the deadline this year. Not, 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 not a little bit of both like they were a year ago. Even with getting swept by the Oakland A's, the worst team in baseball, they still had an above 500 month in June. They still went 14 and 13. As frustrating as it was, they still had a positive run differential. First time we've had a positive run differential since April when they went 18 and 9 in April. So there's a lot to like about what they have patched together to this point. But at the end of the day, as we've already seen, right, with Luis Urias getting options, we didn't even ask Matt about that. With you know, he was the expense mm-hmm. for Bryce Terrain to come back up. The Brewers have kind of sent smoke signals to their players of saying, you need to produce, you need to hit, or you will be replaced. And Jesse Winker and Rowdy Telez are the two guys that are next in that spotlight of, hey, you're here to hit. And, I mean, 
look in the name, designated hitter. And Jesse Winker knows he has to hit. Rowdy Telez knows he has to hit. Rowdy's not striking out all that much, which is good. And he's trying to do more damage. He's hard to hit the ball harder. Jesse Winker had a big double the other night in New York. But the point is, if you're not getting production out of key left-handed bats, the two, three hitters in your order, you need to look externally or you're bringing up a Keston Hero or you're bringing up a dynamic player like Sal Freelich. These are conversations being had right now. So fill me in as a guy that doesn't pay a ton of attention to, to the minor league systems. Keston Hira is a, is a mysterious case, right? I mean, obviously, I think Brewers fans were maybe more frustrated with him than any other guy over the course of the last few seasons. But it seems like he's turned it around uh, in the minors. Is that, is, am, I, am I on par there? Absolutely. I, I think Keston, though, at, at the end of the day, he's a big league player hitting AAA pitching like he's supposed to. So the Brewers want to see some sustainability from him. They want to see... The strikeouts fall. They want to see him hit left-handed pitching specifically. He's a guy that what we call reverse splits, uh, meaning you know, would think right-handed hitters would hit left-handed pitchers better than they, they do the other way around, but he actually hits righties better than he does lefties. But this year in AAA, Kesson also had a knee injury right in the middle of the season that he just came back from two weeks ago. In AAA this year, he's hitting uh, 216, or excuse me, 316, a 601 slugging percentage. That's a 994 OPS with nearly a 400 on base. He's got 13 homers in the minor leagues this year. So looking at Keston Hira as an option at first base in a platoon, trying to figure out what's going on with Rowdy, trying to get some pop. Maybe you go into this, Rowdy isn't playing every day, Keston isn't playing every day, huh. but you're able to split the two and make it work in the way that they're expecting to or have Keston be a DH on the days that Rowdy's going to still play at first base. Keston continues to produce in AAA, and if he continues to do so, he is going to be in the big leagues at some point this year. The problem is, you can't be wrong. They already cut him in spring training. Right. If you're wrong on this time and he struggles, you have to send him back through waivers and anybody can have a chance at him. Whew, that's, uh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's why, uh, that's why Matt Arnold gets paid the big bucks to make those decisions and, and not somebody like me who has no idea what the heck he's talking about sometimes. And it's why we sit here and yell about him. People yell at me on Twitter and on my show about why haven't they called up Keston here. I think he will be in the big leagues at some point. So if I had to make you predict, Tom, when do you think that happens? If it doesn't happen before the trade di- deadline, it'll happen shortly after. Uh, I imagine they're using him as somebody, hey, if you want Keston, you know, kind of like the Angels, they have a top prospect who's in a similar situation. Joe Adele is his name. Mm-hmm. Superstar outfielder everyone thought when he was coming up, but he's kind of slowed down his production. So the thought is if nobody wants Keston for some reason or maybe the price doesn't line up for what you're getting in return, I imagine if Rowdy continues to struggle by the end of the trade deadline, we'll see Keston up in the big leagues. All right, there's a prediction from Dom Catronio. I'm Alex Strove. It is State of the Brewers, live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest, 800-990-3776. Your way into the show. Through 82 games in the season, the Brewers 43-39, and 39, 80 games to play, just past the halfway point as they continue their series out in Pittsburgh, their weekend set against the Pirates this afternoon, 3.05. Dom, uh, right after the show, you got to go do a different show, is my i got to go do Brewers warm-up right after this. we got a game at 3 o'clock, so we got warm-up starting at 2 o'clock over on our sister station, WTMJ. So you're done here about 1.58. Yep. What time are you on the air on 620 WTMJ? 2.07. So you get nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 
You get a pot trailer next door. You get a potty break and a bottle of water. Oh no, we got broadcasters. We got bladders of champions, man. You got to go. I wish I could. I wish I could agree with that. Mine, mine is not the way. Anyway, you got to get with it. That's a topic for another day. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Your way into the show. Eight hundred nine nine zero ESPN. He's Dom Catroni. I'm Alex Strope. We will take a trip around the NL Central coming up next. I need to get Dom's uh, expert analysis on what the heck's going on in Cincinnati. How can Milwaukee fare? And should we be concerned about Pittsburgh? Just three and a half games back of the Brewers. We'll talk about all that and more coming up next as we roll on live from Summerfest. It is State of the Brewers right here on ESPN Milwaukee. More baseball talk coming up on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to the State of the Brewers on 94.5 ESPN. Now back to Dom and Alex live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone. And a little bit of chicken fried. State of the Brewers rolling on live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. I'm Alex Strofe alongside Dom Catronio here on 94.5 ESPN of Wisconsin On Demand. Thanks again to Day, Day, or Matt Arnold. I keep wanting to do that. I figured it out, by the way, Dom. We were talking off the air a couple days ago. But why do I always want to call him David Arnold? It's my neighbor's name growing up. Huh. And I, I did it. I, we did a specialty show when, when he replaced uh, uh, Stearns. Couple more, well, more than a couple months ago now, and uh, I wanted to call him that on the air again. I've always done it. I knew I would do it once today. Thanks again to Matt Arnold for joining us earlier. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six is your way into State of the Brewers. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Not Dave, but Fred in Cedarburg. Fred, you're on State of the Brewers. What's going on? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Two quick comments, and uh, I think you're looking through rose-colored glasses here. One, Keston here has absolutely no value whatsoever. He was designated for assignment. Nobody claimed him. To compare him to Joe Adele and imply you're going to get anything of value for him is, is a bit absurd, okay? The second thing is we need to start being realistic about this. When in the last 45 years have the Brewers ever had two frontline starting pitchers at cost-controlled salaries like Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns? And instead of being aggressive and trying to go all in, we have an owner who wants to take bites of the apple and put, put butts in the seat. And we trade our all-star closer last year, and we've done nothing to make the team better, and we have an offense that is last in every discernible category. We need to hold them accountable for not trying to actually win. They are trying to tread water in a mediocre division. We need to hold them accountable for that. When have we ever had these frontline pitchers? Have we ever had that in the last 45 years? Not not two like this, not having a Cy Young award winner. I think of the Gallardo days. I think of the great days with Ben Sheets. I think of the great days. Uh, even in 82, it was all about the offense, right? It wasn't so much about the pitching staff. And, yes, Vuk was hurt there at the end. But I, I look at I appreciate the call, Fred. But when I talk about the offense, they've got a month to figure it out. Like, to your, to your point about the accountability – and they know the offense is struggling. They know the offense is bad. They've got a month to figure out, are we going to get something externally? Are we going to call somebody up like Kessler? going to call somebody up like Sal? going to call up somebody aggressively and bring them up to the big leagues? Because also, let's be honest, Fred, this team would look a lot different with Garrett Mitchell right now. This would look a lot different if Roddy Telez was producing like he was supposed to, if Jesse Winker was producing like he was supposed to. The, the moves that they've made have been trying to make the team better, and they've backfired, right? So now you pivot from that. And you move forward. But you're right, Fred. I agree with you that this next month is going to be kind of a moment of truth. This is why I don't envy being a general manager. Because you're going to have to part with something that's very exciting 
and maybe something that you're very, very excited about, or then you're going to have all the noise in baseball saying, oh, you got to trade Corbin Burns. Oh, you got to trade your controllable starters. Oh, you got to trade your young guys. You got to do It's not that easy to do. And I think that if, you know, a 300 hitter and an 850 OPS was growing on a tree, the Brewers would have a whole orchard in their backyard. It's just not that easy. But <laughs> I do appreciate the honesty from Fred there. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, I, I, you, you have to agree with a lot of it. I, I'm curious on your response to his Keston Hero part of his call, though. I disagree. Um, I, Clearly, I think, yeah. I think, well, look, the reason I was comparing to Joe Adele is because <clears throat> they're both out of options. They're both seemingly guys without a home, but yet they continue to torch AAA pitching, both of them, but they're not in the big leagues. So that's where this standstill is yeah. for both of them. For Keston's case... I know that nobody, you want to say that nobody wanted him in spring training. The caveat of cutting a guy in spring training at the timing that they did was your 40 man's kind of locked in when you're leaving spring training. There's not room for Keston here at that time. So the Brewers rolled the dice and said, all right, if somebody fixes him, so be it. Maybe we're not going to be the ones to do it. And now they've been gifted this second chance to do it. And as we said a moment ago, last segment, if you bring him up and he struggles again in the big leagues it's over he's not coming back and to me in my opinion you're darned if you do you're darned if you don't because here's an example of a guy that's doing what he's supposed to in triple a right if the dude's hitting 320 hitting home runs he's hitting lefties he's physically changed his swing he has done everything you have asked him to do and then you say oh no thanks but no thanks well then what's the point of having a guy do that in triple a furthermore if he comes up and he's successful, what's the worst that can happen? Seriously. Yeah. I, I don't understand this. Oh, there's no bother. But, okay, if he comes up and struggles, okay, you're right. So be it. But at least they're trying something, okay? Rowdy hasn't hit a home run in 114 plate appearances. He's your first baseman. He hit 35 homers last year. I am very worried about that. That is something the Brewers have an option to do. Try Keston ease the load on Rowdy. It could work out, but if it doesn't, at least they try. That was beautiful. Thank you. That Get was, off my lawn. That was a good rant from Dom Catronio here on State of the Brewers. I'm Alex Strofe, live at the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a really good call from Fred and a good response from Dom there uh, here on State of the Brewers. Uh, I wanted to do this. Uh, we can do a quick, a quick little version because I think there's really only three teams I want to pick your brain on here, Dom, because I don't think the Cardinals are really in contention anymore. Been a rough year for St. Louis. Look, but here's the sad thing, right? You, you, you hesitate when you say that, right? The NL Central's because that bad. Because the NL Central's that bad. So they are kind of in that... You know, if we want to talk about accountability, they're in certainly in accountability mode right now, yeah. given they've got generational corners and they're not able to get above 500. Uh, the Cardinals are not out of it, but they could be the first team to say, you know, all right, it's it, it's fourth and nine. We're going to go ahead and punt here. But at the, at the end of the day, this division, it, it, I compared it to the AL Central last night from last season. The Guardians were not on anyone's radar, you know, at this point last season. They cut. were middling low 500 and then all of a sudden you get to september you're a 500 team and you get hot in september i think they went something like 18 and 9 or 19 and 10 or something like that in september and they won the division that's what the division winner of the nl central is going to do unless somebody makes a drastic move and things get moving in the right direction in theory the reds have already made that drastic move by calling up ellie de la cruz and they got joey Votto back healthy and this is Joey Votto's last year, so there's some juice behind that in Cincinnati. 
if the Brewers can respond and make sure they can get some moves of their own and get some reinforcements, then the best thing that could happen for the Brewers is make this a two-horse race. Make sure no one else has a chance. Make sure the Cubs don't have a chance. Make sure the Cardinals don't have a chance. And Pittsburgh, I don't think they're good enough to keep up with the horses. I yep. believe this is going to be a two-horse race between the Brewers and the Reds. I think you're right, and it's seemingly been that way for the last week or two. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, man. I mean, he's got to be one of the most fun players, not only that's, that's relatively new, but in all of baseball. The guy's electric for Cincinnati, and he has sparked quite the turnaround for the Reds the last month. He's been so fun to watch. Uh, he's a freak of nature, a switch-hitting shortstop, really third baseman now in the big league since they've got Matt McClain in the bigs right now, and he's also a superstar. I saw him back in college at UCLA. Him and Garrett Mitchell played together for one year. But the, the, the Reds have some juice. They have some energy. The problem is they have absolutely, positively no starting pitching. Uh, Hunter Green is hurt right now. Nick Lodolo is on the way back. Alex Abbott's been a good find for them. He's pitched very well for them as a rookie, but when's the regression going to happen? Uh, Graham Ashcraft has had a massive step back this season. Luis Sessa did not work out for them. They have gone up and down trying to find somebody from Louisville, their AAA affiliate, to pitch in the big leagues. But as I said a few segments ago, when you've got a lethal offense, you feel like you're never out of a game. And that's what the Reds have. And that's that beautiful matchup, right? What does a lethal offense do against a lethal pitching staff? What's it going to work out? And the Brewers have that lethal pitching staff. So how do you fight? How do you fight the Reds in that great in that great offense? How far are the Brewers away from being a quote unquote lethal offense? Very far. Yeah, uh, I, I think with the performances that we've seen right now, Yelich at the top of the order is great. William Contreras has quietly put together another great season comparing to other catchers. Remember, his offensive numbers last year were as a DH. So here he is manning a staff for the first time full-time with a new staff, mind you, and he's played well, but they need help. The three, four, five guys need to hold their end of the bargain. That's how the Brewers become a better offense. And I, I'm not a big batting average guy, but there's a level of production that you live with if you're not getting hits, if you're not getting on base, if you're not getting the, the, the scoring run opportunities. Generally, that comes with home runs, and the Brewers aren't hitting many of those as of late. So that's where I look at the meat of this order being the ones that carry the weight here. I'm very excited for 1.30 this afternoon when we do when we play some superlatives. I'm going to throw on. a superlative on at you, and you're going to respond. And I'm very curious what your answer to be uh, will be to most likely to have a bigger second half than first half because mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of options <laughs> to pick from in that category. So we'll do that about 1.30 this afternoon as we're with you till 2 o'clock live from Summerfest. It is State of the Brewers. He's Dom Catronio. I'm Alex Strofe. Uh, check it up on all things Brewers about the midway point. 82 games in, 80 remaining in the MLB season. The Brewers 43-39, and 39, just a game back of the Cincinnati Reds in first place. But we keep alluding to it. I just need to put some, some evidence to it, right? We keep alluding that the NL Central bad. The third-place team in both the NL East and the NL West would be in first place of the NL Central right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, those are good divisions. Though, they are. There. They are. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the Phillies and the Giants here, so two good teams. Yep. Two very good teams, and to, to Fred's point, the, the caller that joined us here at the start of the segment, you know, two teams that kind of got after a little bit this offseason. And see what the Brewers are going to do here at the deadline. There's still a month to figure out what they're going to do. I'm so fascinated to see what happens because this is really when baseball season begins, right? Amen. The beginning of July, the 4th, 4th of, of July. July. Yeah. yeah, we're just about there. That's on Tuesday. So uh, the baseball season begins now. 
And the Brewers are very much in contention. But uh, something's got to change on the offensive side of, of the ball where they can really start producing runs and win these games. But they're still well in it. He's Dom Catroni. I'm Alex Strofe. Hour 2, State of the Brewers, coming up next, live from Summerfest. More baseball talk coming.